welcome, Marvelites, to an all-new edition of the MCU Exchange Podcast. It's March, and it means that we're less than a month and a half away before Black Widow. Yay! Awesome! <laughs> I'm Aaron, and I'll be your host for this episode. Alongside me is Charles. And Joe. Hello! Hey, yo! And uh, just want to give a shout-out to our listeners over at Spotify, over at Podve- Podbean, over at YouTube. And also, please do like our new Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Exchange. And uh, we have so many content there. We have so many news articles that we're going to break down here in this episode. And this week has been a Disney Plus series-related week. Like, it's all Disney Plus series, all breaking news. And let's dig in, shall we? For the rundown, here we go. First up is WandaVision has wrapped filming. Yay! <laughs> Which means that the potential full trailer is going to be soon. Cast and crew celebrated over the weekend over Atlanta. And uh, you, you all know that reshoots are a given. But a full trailer will be released down the line. Uh, Charles, what do you want to see when it comes to a full trailer? Do you want to see the sitcom type again? Or do you want to see the more MCU-based action? Well, I want to. I definitely want to see them save the crazy action stuff for last because, you know, that's sort of a Marvel staple, and we know they can deliver the goods when it comes to a crazy spectacle. But yeah, we talked about it a couple of episodes ago. I want to see them do a really sitcom trailer that's cheesy, almost cheesy to the fault of being lame, but very tongue in cheek <laughs> about it being lame. But yeah, I want. I want them to go crazy with the. With the uh, with the sitcom stuff, it, it's also so it's crazy how fast the months go by because like just a few months ago we heard that they were filming this early, and now it's done. So yeah. and we barely seen, we've only seen just like a handful of of set photos, most of them being out the outdoor scenes. But for the most part, they've done a really good job keeping things under lockdown, which is surprising. Do you think it will be CGI heavy? The the trailer? I, I think mean, the, 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 whole, the whole show. The whole, for the whole show, I think it's going to be... Yeah, because Vision has, if I'm not mistaken, Paul Bettany has a bit of CGI on, on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, just so they can keep that android robotic look. But we've seen him in, in, in regular human clothes, so... I, at least for for his body and whatnot, they can save a little bit of money. They're just, they're just gonna have to CGI his face, but yeah, it's gonna be expensive because of the CGI for sure. Joe, how about you? What do you think about Bond Division wrapping up filming? Um, I think it's interesting that like they've. It seems almost like you think the Falcon and the Winter Soldier would be the first one, considering it's the first one to release. Um, but we, we also know that they had our jump into reshoots much earlier than planned. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really interested in WandaVision and I think the tease that they gave was already perfect and they get so much under lock and key that we barely know anything about the show. And it's, it's just, it's still as exciting as I've mentioned in the past. And I'm, I'm really curious if they're going to do reshoots, uh, if it's going to be public, because I'm still amazed that WandaVision did not get any social media feed on its starting production like Falcon the Winter Soldier did. Yeah. yeah. So they, it seems like they're really trying to keep this hidden. Like, this is that gem they don't want revealed too early. And I can see we're going to still wait a, a while for a full trailer. 
I, I kind of imagine that they're going to just have both Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision be like this double duo, double punch to get to uh, to um, get Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. crazy because this week would have been the should have been the week that you know we could have seen the trailer if that that whole yeah. thing didn't get through. over there in Europe because of the coronavirus stuff. But yeah. for the most part, it's it is still happening. But next, it's gonna happen next week, but via streaming. So yeah. you know, it would it would have been awesome if you know they had like a whole event where they could they could bring out the cast, a short interview. Mm-hmm. Kevin is there. But looks like we're, it's gonna get relegated to something we can just watch on YouTube. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. It's a must-see event for next week. Do you, do you have a date for that? Is it one week after? Is it March twelfth, or is it another date well, or over the weekend? I'm assuming it's March twelfth. Is that next Thursday? Yeah, yeah I'm March assuming 12th. it's uh, March twelfth. But who knows? It could be. It could be Monday, or probably no. They could surprise us, like like what what they do to trailers, you know. <laughs> Awesome. So we'll get more One Division news down the line. And uh, next up, we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier news. We have so many news about it. First off is <laughs> Batrock the Leaper, the villain, the first villain from Captain America: The Winter Soldier, who reportedly returned in this Disney series. Now it seems that Cap's past villains will continue to haunt some and Sam and Bucky along the way. You know, I felt like he was. This villain was underutilized in Winter Soldier, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where they will take this character, and I hope they don't treat him as a one-dimensional villain again. Um, Joe, what do you think of of Patrick the Leaper returning to the MCU? Uh, I think it's great. I always love it when they bring back villains that had minor roles to kind of flesh them out more. I really hope that they, they go in uh, on his background or mercenary aspect. And I'm really curious, like, what is his role? Is he, like... Maybe he's working for the government to some degree after, like, they're already teasing Thunderbolts elements, or does he just work directly for Zemo? Maybe it's something completely different. He may be involved with the original viral spread of um, a storyline that now seems to have been dialed down or at least changed due to the coronavirus. It, it's going to be really interesting because I, I also think, like, even though he was very one-dimensional... I, I do believe in the Winter Soldier. He left quite a cool, uh, quite a great impact, and it's a great character to bring back. That is a contrast, or highlights a contrast between Steve Rogers as Captain America and Bucky. And I'm I'm really curious how they're going to use him. I think it's great he's returning. I actually agree with Joe that as brief as his cameo is, GSP GSP did a fantastic job doing mm-hmm. with making the most of what he got. Even though we don't mu- know, know much about his character, the fact that, you know, sort of, I forgot what, what exact line he says to Steve Rogers, but he, he just sort of says, I thought you were more than your shield, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is basically him dissing, that, dissing the fact that, oh, you're just a guy on an American flag. I thought you were more than that. And I think th- th- that was one of the early sort of, I think that scene is a great test of character for Steve Rogers of who he is, of who he represents. Does he represent the flag or is he representing himself? That's why, you know, as soon as Batrock says that to him, he puts the shield down and he takes off the, the helmet just to show him that, yo, I'm just a fucking dude under this. I don't, I don't fucking fight for... Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not just a puppet for, for a, the government. And 
in, in many ways, that that sort of line from Batrock sort of shows what his ideals is. He's not just like a terrorist who's after like a like a crap ton of money. He he has I you know he has ideals that he wants to fight for. Obviously, later in the in the, the Winter Soldier, we find out that Fury is the guy who hires him. So I wonder if Fury let him in on the stuff that's going on with the government. Maybe yeah. Fury needed someone. Maybe he, maybe Fury let Batrock know about the stuff that was happening with Hydra, and maybe Batrock decided to help him out because, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Or maybe he was kept in the dark. Regardless, I like that he has that element of you know not just being a like a, a like a one-dimensional terrorist. And I hope if he's in Falcon the Winter Soldier, I hope they don't groan in him and just treat him as a side character, and then yeah, you know he gets he gets the shorter end of the stick and maybe even dies in the show. I hope he doesn't die. I hope he gets yeah. some cool. Even though uh, I wouldn't mind if, if he shows up for like one fight scene, as long as he ends up doing something cool. And uh, just to maybe jump on the point you made, isn't it ironic that his entire line from Winter Soldier is probably the plot of this series? It's pretty much a chase for that shield. Who yeah. deserves to hold that shield? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I thought you were more than a shield, so it, it and the show will revolve around the shield. Yeah, I fucking got chills just thinking about that. Yeah, that's the yeah. That's the that's the fucking theme of the theme of the this show because you know the shield yeah. the passing of the shield. Sam doesn't have the shield at one point. He gives it to someone else. Is he gonna get the shield by the end? Is it why are people fighting over this fucking shield? Superheroes or rather, Sam should be bigger than this shield or John Walker should be more than this shield. But everyone's fighting over this fucking shield. But yeah, that's a fucking yeah. great point. It's fucking great. That's a, that's a great point. And uh, it'll be it'll be inter- interesting to see how the shield became this great MacGuffin for the entire series, and it will really define the motivations and the growth of several characters in this mm. series. Yeah. Awesome. And there's also another news here that's been released by our, our friend Charles Murphy just earlier. And um, there's a there there are different set photos and videos have been now being released over social media and there's this one particular set photo that's been really intriguing and uh it's it's what it came from a major set piece in the production of the falcon and the winter soldier and it will reportedly revolve around a hostage situation taking place at the 2023 g20 summit in new york and another takeaway here is that series will take place in 2023 that's already given and but the thing is uh there have been video um evidence that John Walker, the current U.S. A- current cap, should I say, or the U.S. agent of the government, um, is currently working with Bucky to save the hostages. So it is an interesting dynamic between the two because we thought that um, this will they will fight uh, uh, the U.S. agent will fight off against Sam and Bucky, and now they're, they're seen working together. Um, Charles, what do you think? Is this a one-off thing, or is this um, going? beyond after the series for the most part this is sort of one of the many confirmations indicators that uh u.s agent john walker isn't just going to be he's not like, the bad guy in the story he's he's going to be the, the sort of disgruntled pawn that gets used for for mm-hmm. unfortunately selfish purposes by the government but for the most part we're going to see him try to be a, a good guy here he's not fighting for I mean, he's fighting for the wrong team, but he's not a bad guy who wants to fuck up Sam Wilson's legacy as Captain America. You know, this is something that that was thrust upon him, and yeah. he's doing the best he can. So, 
yeah, it's gonna see we're we're gonna see a cool dynamic with, with him sort of fighting alongside the two, you know, Captain America's best friend Sam Sam and Bucky. We're gonna see we're gonna see them work together. Um, what I find very interesting here is the fact that uh, the characters that they're allegedly fighting may be one of the grapplers from the comics. Basically, a bunch of wrestlers, female wrestlers, who get powered up. Yeah. Um. I find it very interesting. I mean, the the set videos are kind of far, so it's really hard to discern which one is which. But I, you can sort of make out in the video that you know, Sam, or rather Bucky and John are fighting alongside each other. Um, yeah. However, I also like to point out that seeing them fight in the New York, you know, just just down the street in New York, has a has a lot of Daredevil vibes <laughs> for me because. Weirdly enough, we haven't seen that much superheroing from the Avengers in New York in the street. Mm. Save for the fact that you know, save for that big alien invasion in the first Avengers film. We've never we yeah. we've never seen Hawkeye stop crime or Iron Man stop crime or Captain America save a girl getting mugged. And you know, mm-hmm. just seeing this seeing this street being the location of a big fight, uh, a big superhero fight that's not the Netflix shows it's very interesting for me, and yeah, I want to see this. I want to see more of this, more more vigilante stuff featuring the Avengers. Yeah, and another inter- interesting point here is that John Walker has that brutal fighting style, and um, it will be interesting to see how Bucky reacts to that. You know, seeing that hey, you're you're brutal mm-hmm. just like me in the past, and you know maybe he can give him advice that don't be like that too much. You know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and Joe, what do you think, Joe? Um, is uh, will we see a redemption arc for John Walker down the line after the show or in the future? I could see that the show probably plants the seeds for that mm-hmm. because he is an interesting character that they can do a lot with. Like, if he has a extremely brutal fighting style, there's the uh, open question of okay, does he continue that? Does that represent who he is? Or is there like a darker past here? Is he someone who always idolized Captain America and finally got that dream he always wanted, but doesn't realize that he's a pawn in a bigger game? And I wouldn't like I wouldn't be surprised if the entire concept of this Captain America US agent is leading into Thunderbolts with the government trying to create their own uh, interpretation of the Avengers. Because it kind of comes full circle with the rumors that the Dark Avengers would be a thing. They can utilize the Thunderbolts the, so it's not too on the nose. And at the same time, it kind of feels like they're not making the the government as the big bad of the series, but mm-hmm. certainly pointing out that the, there's flaws and good intentions, let's say. Which kind of also ties back to, like, Sam not ready for the shield. I should give the shield to someone else. He had good intentions, but the after effects or the afterquakes from that action is what really pushes the story forward and they could utilize that as a nice jumping off point because we don't even know if Zemo is actually a villain because there's also rumors of him being more of an anti-villain or anti-hero character in this also working with the Winter Soldier it's I'm still amazed that we know so little about this series (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, there's uh, so many sad stuff and we know barely anything about how the puzzle comes together and I think it leaning towards more like the government wants a team of superpowered beings that they want to monitor and control right yeah sure yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's a perfect callback to Civil War as well. The Accords, like trying to revive it, but uh, they're not going to involve the Avengers anymore after that fiasco. And now they're trying to find their own team. Uh, next one is we have She-Hulk Disney Plus series news now. Uh, it's been confirmed that Mark Ruffalo has confirmed that there have been talks for him to appear as the Hulk. I mean, it's a given, right? Jennifer Walters is his cousin in the comics, and you know, Banner mm. is heavily involved in his origin story. Um, the question is, would this be a cameo or would he be present in several episode episodes? Charles, what do you think? Disney Plus does seem to have the budget to pay for all these actors' salaries for for more than one episode. I think <laughs> we're gonna get Mark Ruffalo for let's say there's six episodes. He's there for four. Wow. Um, whether he shows up for ninety percent of the episode is anyone's guess, but you know he's gonna be a looming figure in Jennifer Walters' life. I mean, obviously. I assume that they're gonna show the, the the blood transfusion, that actual moment where she's gonna need the blood, because that's the way you introduce a character like Jennifer Walters. Whether you know he's there, he, both of them go on Hulk adventures is, remains to be seen. But yeah, it makes sense. It's it's sort of a no shit kind of story, but it's cool that you know there 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 there's talks that there's talks to bring Mark Ruffalo here because at least. We know where he's gonna show up because we all love Ruffalo, and you know we could all use that hook. So it's cool that we know, or at least we have an idea where he could show up next. And mm. finally, get to see Smart Hulk in the small screen. Yay! <laughs> Joe, yeah. how, Joe, how about you? What do you think? I think he's gonna be in the show for a while because Mark Ruffalo is no stranger to long story formats, and he's even in talks right now for the Parasite uh, TV adaptation. Um, the thing that I'm curious about is if we're gonna get Professor Hulk. All the way through mm-hmm. um, because that is it, it it won't be cheap because we still don't know are they going to make she hulk a cgi character will they pay tribute to the original incredible hulk show and have it be a different actor for the transformation there's there's still a lot of things we don't know about that but i could imagine like them doing a storyline where you know they they're i think they're casting allison brie was i think the theory uh, the the rumor um, yeah. Alison Brie type character that she transforms and he kind of goes back to his original form. The kind of blood transfusion just kicks back because he's still hurt from uh, the end game battle. His arm is probably still completely screwed up. Yeah. And that he might be in his human form helping her understand what is happening to her. We, we pretty much are getting our first true Hulk story since the original The Incredible Hulk in 2008. Yeah, And they can also add a lot of elements of Mark Ruffalo being like a guide for her to adjust to this because we don't even know is she going to be She-Hulk full-time, which she is in the comics. And, you know, both Hulks on screen, I can only imagine for at least one episode because that sounds very expensive. Yeah. Uh, but I could also imagine them saying, hey, let's shorten the show. We have a higher budget for less episodes, but we can really focus on getting those effects good. And I, I think there's a lot of potential also to talk about what it means for like uh, Bruce Banner, who finally accepted being Hulk, to suddenly lose that again. And then seeing someone else have to go through that transformation, that trouble, the kind of tell his story also in a way about the, the time frames we haven't seen him. I didn't even like consider that Hulk's Hulk's arm is permanently permanently fucked up, and 
I didn't even realize what what that would mean for Bruce Banner if he mm-hmm. when he, when he reverts back to human form. Like, is he is he gonna be like a crippled guy that you know? Is he is his arm mm-hmm. bust? Like when when he's in his human form, is his arm basically like jelly now, oh and he can't use it at all? Um, yeah, I, I I didn't really actually think of that until you mentioned it. Yeah, it's a very interesting prospect. And maybe you know, one crazy idea is maybe Jennifer Walters is the one who saved him, like saved that arm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. the blood transfusion goes both ways. Yeah, it goes both mm-hmm. ways, and you know we, we know Marvel Studios takes risk, and that certainly is risk. <laughs> Now, let's move on to another big news. Uh, the Justice League of the Marvel Universe, called the Squadron Supreme, will make their MCU debut in the series. Um, <laughs> you know, all know that they're from another Earth, they're from another multi-other universe. Um, we can expect that this can either be a cameo or one episode-centric storyline that would pay off later down the line. Um, Joe, what do you think of this? Like, what are they trying to do here? Like, why are they trying to introduce this team? You know, I've, it took, I've been thinking about that because I, the first time I heard the rumor, I was like, oh, that's going to have a backlash. If they do anything with a Justice League character, and if this show has more of a humor, because with like Owen Wilson, I thought it might be more comedic. And then they introduced the Squadron Supreme as like a very stubborn, straight man version of Justice League to play jokes about the Justice League. I'm more scared of the backlash if it happens because it's it's going to happen. Uh, but at the same time, I, I I do think I agree with you that I think it's going to be more of a cameo or short sequence. I could I, I kind of can see Loki having like each episode has a different focus or a different multiverse storyline. So they could have one episode in the universe of the Squadron Supreme where they make like the perfect world where they cleaned up town, there's no more crime, and Loki hates every minute of it because it's boring and they're too almighty. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. It'd be a waste not to use them or if they're trying to introduce them for something down the line. Yeah, I completely agree. That would that would be a, a very fun way of doing it. Realistically, like at the most, I could see the Squadron Supreme appearing in a a Watcher-esque cameo similar in Guardians to where we just sort mm-hmm. of pass them. We just sort of see a glimpse of this world where the Avengers don't exist and the, these superheroes exist in place of that. I mean, as a, as a fan of the Jonathan Hickman Avengers run where Hyperion is a big part of it, it's cool that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the Squadron Supreme is sort of going to be canonized in the MCU, but I wouldn't count on them having, you know, a major role. Yesterday, um, we have our very first look at several set photos of the Loki Discipline series, which involves the Time Variance Authority, Tom Hiddleston in a suit, guys, in a suit and tie, <laughs> Owen Wilson, <laughs> and Sofia DiMartino. And uh, it dropped yesterday, and it shows Loki in a suit. And, you know, it, it kind of confirms that he's working with the TVA. Uh, alongside Owen Wilson, who is rumored to be Justice Peace, and Sofia, Sofia DiMartino in as Guardian Garb, maybe? Or I don't know. <laughs> we don't know exactly when is this happening during the series, but it pretty much confirms that Loki will suit up as an agent and he will help them on a few missions. Charles, your thoughts on the set photos? Yeah, so I don't know which, which, which one of you was the one who said that. Which one was the idea of, of Loki working with the TVA? 
so funny we, we were just talking about it like like last episode or something last week, and, yeah. yeah and lo and behold the set photos they're all hanging out they're all fucking hopping each other in this sort of you know in this it looks like a fucking i saw uh like a another set photo like an easter egg that it's a roxon facility mm-hmm. and oh. i found it very interesting because um yeah because i saw like a truck with a rock scorp on the side of the truck so it looks like they're gonna for some reason they're gonna visit this this uh roxon facility i wonder if that has anything to do with the Thor Love and Thunder, because in the Jane Foster Thor storyline, Roxon was a very, very big figure as, as oh, a yeah. villain in that story. So I wonder if this is like a sort of, if this is a seed that could lead up to that. It is crazy to finally see Owen Wilson. I have heard for the longest mm-hmm. time that they've been keeping his costume under wraps that anytime he'd go to set, he'd go in with a, with a full-on cloak. And in the set photos, he did have a cloak, but I wonder if it was just because it was raining and they just wanted to they wanted to keep him warm. Uh, mm. Yeah, I love the set photos. I love the I love the TVA SWAT agents. They're yeah. wearing SWAT outfits. Basically, I wonder why they have them. I presume that wherever they're going has a threat, which is why they they all have like all those weapons and armored gear. So I'm a lot of stuff to pick up, which I'm sure we're gonna talk about later in the exchange. But yeah, I like it. Now, the interesting part here is that it's not just when is it happening; it's even where is it happening because we're dealing with the multiverse here, an altered reality, yeah. and you know the TVA. Uh, I think it's a it's a great concept because he's always been kind of this anti-hero character by the end of his run, and he was quite redeemed. But we're still talking about 2012's Loki, who. Still is uh, I, under the influence of the the Mind Stone that's still kind of driving him a little insane. But the question is for me is like, how does the, the character... We saw like that short snippet where he said he'll burn everything to the ground. How yeah. does he get from that moment to, hey guys, I'm going to put on a suit and join you on this little mission. So either he's yeah. kind of forced to help them, which would give it a great dynamic. Because mm-hmm. I, I kind of like Owen Wilson and I think he plays a very good like foil character so just imagining him having to force and drag along loki because he's the only one who knows the answer yeah with loki just hating every minute of it sounds hilarious to me and i i didn't know about the rock song i i missed that i have to confess and it kind of made me think you know with the tv and time travel and dimension traveling they could have a lot of fun with having those seeds of we've seen rock song since way back it they've always been in the background i think only the tv shows like uh um daredevil kind of brought them to the foreground more uh, and agent carter ages of shield did um wouldn't it be fun if like the show finally gives rocks on what they've been doing in the background but kind of Every time they stop Roxxon, it avoids any calamity with the original timeline. Because yeah, that would yeah. be kind of like a fun way to say they've actually been evil all this time. They just we just constantly managed to stop them before everything got worse. Yeah. And they could use they could also use Roxxon as the new aim because aim kind of sadly went away after Iron Man 3. So uh, they could yeah. use that organization as a cover for a new generation of aim to maybe because I can imagine the Loki show going that step to bring in Modoc or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. 
you know, I had this crazy theory of why Loki is working with the TVA. I just thought of it so, now. What if yeah. he somewhere down the line he lost a tesseract, and the only only people that can help him find it find it is a TVA, and they're well, trying, trying to make a deal. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Because it's so crazy. Everyone comes up with this fucking with, with crazy fucked up theories. And for the most part, if you look at it, most of the MC movies have very simple plots. Yes, no. they're like very like like stupidly simple stories about <laughs> yeah, like, like oh this 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 is the act one, this is act two, this is act three. That's it. Every time we see set photos, we we think, oh shit, this may be the part where this is like the twist in episode two, and then it's gonna go episode four, it's like that. It's yeah. it's gonna be super simple. Yeah, I, I kind of see. I think it's very funny that Loki ends up losing the Tesseract. I imagine, <laughs> I can imagine him losing it for, for incredibly stupid reasons. Like he he leaves it on a bench because he decides <laughs> to go somewhere. Like something like that. It's I could see that totally happening. The TV space that, yeah, look what you did, bro. You lost a fucking Infinity Stone. Yeah, we have to we have to we have to find a way to get it. Maybe this Roxon has it in another dimension. You yeah. have to steal from there. An interesting thing is, in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, the MacGuffin is the shield. Here, here in the Loki's Discipline series, the MacGuffin will be the Tesseract, and that's the item that they're trying to chase over a course of few episodes. And WandaVision, it's Vision. Yes, it's Vision. And now the big topic for this episode is, um, two days ago, there was a rumor about the Loki Discipline series, and it, was, it heavily involves a major Thor villain, which is the Enchantress. Yeah, so the big question is, which is a sort of everyone was debating in the Slack chat. Is is, is Sofia De Martino is is she the Enchantress or the original Lady Loki rumor as as we've heard a couple of months back? Because yeah. the timing of the of the uh, IMDb Pro sighting of Sylvie, young Sylvie, and these set photos of Sofia De Martino in in what do you call this in seemingly as Guardian garb. I've seen a lot of people say it actually looks like Loki's, you know, past. Uh, outfits um uh-huh. for the most part because mm. the timing is just weird I, I at this point like i said these stories are simpler than we think um and i think having a lady loki may may complicate some of the stuff you know if if she ends up being if sofia de martino ends up being the enchantress it's certainly a lot simpler than introducing lady loki because for the most part you know if you think about the time travel concept Loki's everywhere. He goes to the seventies. He goes to the ancient period of uh, of Norway, something like that. You know, mm. I wouldn't put it past him to like. I totally imagine Loki giving a bunch of kids powers just for just for the heck of it. Maybe befriends a girl sometime in the past, and you know, they they get close. Loki takes a liking to this girl, and he he gives her powers. And Sofia Di Martino is the adult version of that. That's the that's basically the 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 seed that he that Loki you know planted way back and that's how I'm seeing it. I've heard other stuff that you know I've heard other compelling arguments that she's Lady Loki, but you know I I think the big sort of evidence that she's not Lady Loki is the hair because Lady Loki has distinctively black hair and uh, Sophie mm-hmm. I think she's blonde or redhead here so. No, no. no, so it's not it's not as believable that she's Lady Loki, but you know that's just my take on it. 
So your take is she's Enchantress. Okay, that's Enchantress a point here. <laughs> and now we're currently <laughs> in the exchange, guys. Okay, so Charles thinks that Sofia DiMartino is playing the Enchantress. Joe, how about you? Who do you think Sofia DiMartino is playing in this series? Is it Lady Loki or is it Enchantress or is it someone else? Um, I'm going to have to throw my, my hat into the ring for Enchantress as well. Uh, I think Lady Loki might just be a short, see, either a cameo of someone, they're in a dimension where Loki is female and it's like, oh, this is weird or awkward. But I'm, I'm pretty sure they want to keep Tom Hiddleston around. Uh, my personal hope would be for the character, if they do flashbacks with young Enchantress, um, we know that Loki learned his magic from his mother. Frigga. So I, I, yeah, from Frigga. So I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of shows off those abilities and kind of teaches them to a, another girl on Asgard and she grows up to become Enchantress. But instead of being like in love with, with um, Thor, she's in love with Loki. And of course she wants to learn from Loki and Loki's a character. The more you tell him how great he is, the more obsessed he becomes with something, he'll want to keep her around. So yeah. and she might have like her own goal. So it could be like a, a fun little backstabbing storyline or also even a thing where it's about she carries on what he does as a character because we know there's the rumor that they pretty much confirmed a season two already and i think that would be a great dynamic to continue forward uh if they stick with the tva like they're just an unlikely pairing that kind of feed each other in like the worst way possible <laughs> and i would also if they do her as young enchantress I want a, ca a cameo from Carl Urban's character from Scourge. The younger version. Yeah, because he like yeah. uh, an older brother character who looks after her or something because that was something they took away from his character. So he worked for um, Hela. Um, and that's why I think it would be nice to kind of still bring that comic aspect in because she may like, who knows what happened to her. She may have been, have left long ago. And he, she didn't even know what happened to him. And they were friends as a kid. There's a lot you can do with Enchantress that I think you can't do. Because Lady Loki is just another version of Loki. It's just female. I think there's much more potential to actually tell a brand new story through a character like the Enchantress. And give this series an interesting, like, just dynamic. It is also worth noting that this version of Enchantress isn't the enchantress from asgard and the comics at least um sylvie, mm -hmm. sylvie lesson is like the sort of the legacy character of the enchantress which i think you know talking about legacy characters for for these disney plus shows you know th this version of enchantress yeah. is actually was was in ash was in a like a younger version of the masters of evil so if we're getting the young avengers you know the 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 young version of the good guys if they're gonna do a young version of the bad guys with uh, with mm -hmm. uh, with disenchantress, I mean, she's like the perfect fit for it. Um, mm -hmm. I also think that if if you really think about it, legacy characters, the enchantress could be Loki's legacy character. If you think about True, it, because yeah. you know, the sorcerer, she's she's certainly you know she she's very cunning, she's um, mischievous, and you know she's like Loki. She she does a lot of crazy shit, and I think it's. The more I think about it, the more I'm convinced Lady Loki isn't even in the show. can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to take Lady Loki. Hey, but hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. But I kind of agree with you as well. I'm going to play this down. Like, 
He, she is Lady Loki. Yes, because I'm, I'm seeing it on the Asgardian garb. Yes, based on that one. But I think you know, with the theme of deception, with the theme of having disguises, Marvel can even throw a curveball, curveball at us. But saying that at first she is Lady Loki, like they will explicitly state that in the casting and the in the credits, like she is Lady Loki. But you know. What if there's a post-credit scene that it will show the transformation from Lady Loki to the Enchantress that could throw us all off guard, right? Mm. And um, and the theme of you know Loki has done that. Loki has died several times. Loki has disguised himself as Odin for Pete's sakes, and from Thor, Thor: The Dark World to Thor Ragnarok, and I could see him. <laughs> I could see this character, uh, Sofia DiMartino, playing Lady Loki, and then at the end of at the end of the day, at the end of the series, even. Um, after you know, helping out Loki or helping with TVA, helping to helping to fend off the threat, at the post credit scene to set up season two, she will be she will become that version of Enchantress that we all we've all been talking about. So I kind of agree with both of your takes. But I have a take mm-hmm. of my own, like how do they execute this this um, role in the Disney Plus series? And it's interesting to you know to just uh, find out. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. Um, and one thing that you know we've all been talking that this is a 2012 version of Loki. Just uh, have a, a, put this crazy idea there. What if that threat is Thanos himself? <laughs> because you know the Tesseract is gone. Like he wants, he needs that in that timeline. Yeah, true. Or actually, any, or any other past villain that could you know. And Loki has made a lot of enemies along the way after Thor, right? The mm-hmm. what's that name of the character that Thanos' right hand that he killed like uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy that Ronan killed? Oh. Maybe oh, he's one. Here. the other. The other, yeah. The other, yeah. He's also one uh, that's manipulating the strings because we didn't really expect Red Skull to be back in Endgame, right? Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And we could see other characters here coming back. Because this is an alternate version of a 2012 timeline, and we can see several villains down the line. There you have it, folks. If you have any more thoughts for us listeners, for for the listeners, you can all you can comment. You can comment on our Facebook page when we post the episode. You can also comment on our YouTube page. That's MC Exchange. Our Facebook is facebook.com/slash/MCExchange. You can also give us your thoughts over Twitter. That's at MC Exchange, and then get a chance to be featured in the show by giving out your takes as well. And if you want us to talk about something, just please let us know via our social media sites. And you can also follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Aaron That's A-E-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. Joe, your Twitter. At that Abel, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. And you can also follow Charles. You can follow me on Twitter at CFS Awesome. And that has been the episode of this week's MC Exchange podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I hope you had a great day. Bye. Until next time.